blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Bible study for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's greet our Lord with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, protector of those who obey you, without whom nothing has firm foundation, nothing is holy. Bestowed in abundance your mercy upon us, and granted that you as our glory and God, we may use the good things that pass in such way as to hold us even now to those that ever endure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who are joining us online, let me introduce the readings to you. The first reading is taken from the first book of the Kings, chapter 3, verses 5, and then, then verses 7 to 12. The second reading is a continuation of the letters that Paul has been writing to the Romans, where in chapter 8, Verses 28 to 31, and last but not least, the gospel is according to Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 to 52, and we will start with the book of the Kings. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, ask something of me, and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, O God, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant, king to succeed my father, David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request. So God said to him, Because you have asked for this, not for your long life for yourself, nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, but for the understanding, so that you may know what is right, I do as you requested. I give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up to now. And after, there will come no one equal to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One motif here, which is very common in, uh, in the Old Testament uh, stories, but also in the New, is the motif of the dream. <clears throat> okay? The context that we have is, the Lord's appearance to Solomon in a dream. Okay, um, the, the dream serves as uh, like a context of communication between human and divine. 
God appearing. Okay. I, I think you will remember like the story of Genesis. There will be what? Joseph? Yeah, Joseph. No? Joseph the dreamer. Uh, now, in the New Testament as well. In, yeah, the, Joseph in the New Testament. So <laughs> Joseph is always the dreamer. <laughs> now here you have the young Solomon, the young King Solomon. And it was God who invited him. Ask something of me and I will give it to you. And so what did he ask? I mean, if you are uh, in the simple human values, uh, which, which is given in the second part of the reading, actually, he would have asked for what? For long life, mm. for riches, for... Kill my enemy. Kill my enemies, okay. Mm. <laughs> but, but, but he was so wise. I mean, the wisdom here, I think, begins with self-knowledge. Because he says, I am a mere youth, no? not knowing at all how to act. But you have given me this uh, mission to succeed my father, David. So he asked for an understanding heart, which can be also, uh, which can be translated as wisdom. Wisdom <clears throat> or the, the power or the 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 knowledge to govern a people. And, and what's touching here, I guess, is that his idea of governance is really serving the common good. How can, he says, I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. The center is is. The service to the people, which is not uh, very common for government leaders. Right? <laughs> so he was asking for the right kind of governance, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. This is important. Yeah, this is uh, rare. I mean, like now we are we're we're considering the many the many instances of. Uh, even now, even as we speak, there's a kudeta in Niger, right? And then there is a lot of discussion about how to govern other nations multilaterally. How do you call that? There's, there's all this uh, gathering of the leaders of nations in China, in Indonesia, in whatever, the G20. Well, how to govern... But but they are all thinking of how to be more powerful. In one way, they they nowadays because it's a plurality. 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 Yeah. It is very rare to have a country of a pure group of races. Mm-hmm. No, usually it's a combination of many races. It's a case of, say, Singapore, you know, well, yeah, they are having quite a lot of troubles this time, yeah. Yeah, they are, yeah. They want multilateral, so they don't want any more the dominance of the United States. <laughs> so how do you, uh, for our newcomers, we are discussing now the first reading, no? The reading from uh, the Book of Kings. So what is the meaning of this uh, understanding heart? 
that Solomon asked from God. No, he said he did not ask for money, riches. He did not ask for long no. life. He did not ask for the life of his enemies. But he asked for an understanding heart. How to judge the people? Justice tempered with compassion and empathy. And so I guess the the theme of uh, the reading here would really be wisdom. How to govern wisely. Uh, Because if you connect it to the gospel reading, there is also the note there at the end of the gospel. When we says the scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven. Here we're, we're, we're dealing with the kingdom of men. This is still about governance, no? But then even that is already what somebody said, <clears throat> Solomon in his youth could be considered already an old soul. <laughs> somebody who was wise beyond his age to be able to discern what is more important in life. Huh? Governance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as far as for me, which it says that when the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, God said, "Ask something of me, and I will give it to you." And the and what He said is, "You have made me your servant, king mm-hmm. to succeed my father David, but I am a mere you." Mm-hmm. So by the time He's not yet a uh, grown, mm-hmm. yes, a, a well-grown man. Not knowing at all how to act, I serve you in the midst of the people. It means that uh, how he was asking directly to God, how can he serve in the midst of the people whom you have chosen? A people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Then it says, give your servant. It means give Solomon as the servant of God. Therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. Yes. Because it is also uh, the Solomon, well, I read in the Bible one time that for the two women who is done. Yeah, the example of the wisdom. Yeah, example no? of mm-hmm. the wisdom. So what he's really asking God is for more wisdom so he can automatically stretch more his hands to serve people. Mm-hmm. Not just a certain kind of uh, the behavioral way is. He was really so humble, and that he really wanted to serve God by letting Him give more of His time, His strength to serve more. Yes. In fact, what what we're saying actually is a is a rare kind of leader yeah. who would want to serve that uh, to to know how to judge wisely yeah. without him being the center of the universe yeah. the center is the people yeah. whom he has to serve what is good for the people so i guess uh, we can also start uh, to put in here you now why is this why was this chosen for like an introduction to the gospel reading, is because of the idea of the search. We are all searching for something precious. What is beyond uh, the usual thing, right? The usual treasure. So maybe I do not know if our reader is 
kami in here. So he's not, she is not here. Maybe Deacon can read to us the, <laughs> the gospel and then we can connect now the, the two readings. Yeah, but before that, I yeah, would like to, to put something mm -hmm. in context again. Yeah. Um, now, question number one, when did God appear to him? Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if God appears to you when you are going to, say, uh, enter a university. Okay. Okay. On the other hand, when God appears to you, for the, you know, I think you ask for something, all right? When you are, say, 70 years old already, I think your answers will be different. Of course. Right? Because you have more experience. And then, right? I mean, look, um, if God asked me when I'm, you know, 70 or 75, now Abraham answered, I have no son. <laughs> So I want a son. So it, it is something. So when God asks us, it will, we will answer according to our needs at that moment. Mm -hmm. So here, in this case, Solomon has um, consolidated his power already. Mm -hmm. Actually, David had quite a number of sons. They were fighting. He had 700, 300 wives and 700 concubines. No, no, that, that's, that's, that, that's Solomon. That's, that's Solomon, Solomon, not David. Not David, okay. Yeah, David had a, a, quite a number of sons and they were yes, and great fighting, fighters. Fighting, yes, yes. And of course, you know, um, Solomon has, you know, some trump card mm -hmm. in his sleeves, okay? His mother. And then, um, say, the prophet Nathan. And then there's also one more priest called Sadok. Now, these are, Solomon was very smart. He did not, you know, venture out to fight. He wait, you know, at the background. You know, those fighting, and then they kill each other. Then he's the last one mm -hmm. to come up. There's still a, one or two more he has to get rid of before he was able to die. I'm looking at the politics. In a way, Solomon has already a lot of political wisdom. Mm -hmm. However, I mean, there's one thing he needs to do because his father, David, was able to unite the 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. Now, under these tribulations, infighting, probably it's all scattered. Okay. And probably that's the time when he needs, no, my political wisdom is not enough. How am I going to unite these 12 types of people? This is a big problem he's facing. And that's the reason why, probably, is the reason why he asked for wisdom. wisdom. Yes, yes. He's facing that. Now, later on, later on, what happened? He built the temple. He spent seven years to build the temple. However, the Book of Kings is very honest. He spent 13 years to build his own palace. So, so you think you're, what you're saying is? What I'm trying to say is, 
Uh, yes, he is. Uh, King Solomon has been idealized, you know, by the writers, yes. historian. Yes. So yes. that he, he, he represents wisdom. And then we have stories about him, you know, cutting off a baby, sharing the tool. Yes, so that Solomon was saying, you know, that was the example given later and in the King's yeah. right. about his, uh, his wisdom. wisdom. But on the, I mean, he was able to maintain peace and earn a lot of money. And true, how? Again, his political wisdom is working. He have all these political marriages so mm -hmm. that I don't have to do fighting, okay, to maintain peace. Now, that's create a problem, not for him, but for his son. Sons, yes. And then he has a lot, a lot of uh, concubines who brought in a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. idol worships inside the temple he built. Yes, so that started the new... So, so and I'm, I'm trying to say this, yes, there are good times in the sense that he was doing the will of God, he's super wise. Mm -hmm. But gradually, human beings make mistakes. Yes. And he made mistakes in his later life. Uh, for me, I would say it's a pity. However, he, he left behind a lot of uh, good things for us. It's, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. So let God decide. <laughs> because it's really the wisest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I put this in the context so that we should not idealize it. We could pick up his good points. He asked for wisdom. What is wisdom? The fear of the Lord is, is the, the beginning, beginning of, of wisdom. wisdom. Who say this? Solomon. Okay. The fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And that's why we have the seven gifts of the uh, well, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. So I think, uh, yes, I, I think, um, thanks Deacon for bringing up a very pragmatic point. And I think uh, one of the popes also mentioned that the church is for the sin. The church is not for those who are perfect. Yeah. So I think it's a very welcoming note. <laughs> As we then move on to the gospel to understand the focus and the treasures that we focus upon. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a man finds and hides again. And out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they hold it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, be thrown away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery ferment, where there will be wilding and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answer, yes. And they reply, 
Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old, the gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the first question to raise, usually raise questions instead of uh, saying things. Now, the first one. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, right? All right, a person finds it. What did he do next? Hide again. Why take the trouble? I mean, you hope, I'm sure. Because you, it's not yet his. The field is not yet his. He has to buy it yet. He doesn't own. <laughs> so. Now, okay, he doesn't own the field then. Why in the first place he go to dig it up? I mean, are you allowed to enter a place that's not yours? If everybody is entitled to go along and find and treasure hunt, why does it, you know, okay, discover it, take it out, admit it, bury it again, and then run to buy, buy it? That's all. I, I think the important thing there also is uh, the joy that he felt in the Readiness to sell all. So that I guess one one important thing here in this first part of the reading is that you can find sometimes it happens to you without you expecting it. Yes. It can happen. The other one was a searcher. The second part is the one was really searching, but the first one was not searching. It happened to you by chance. That is really oh, yeah, yeah, that is also something very interesting for me. Yeah. Sometimes it happens to you, no? That you get the wisdom and you get the the significance of a thing without we call it what blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. However, the treasure is buried again, right? Mm -hmm. You need to dig it up. You you have to put in effort. It's not by accident. I kick a rock and then oh wow treasure the way. So so it, it, it consists of at least. A little bit of effort, a little bit of um, you know, working, searching to dig it up, and then that's my question: Why should, would he bury it again? Okay, fine. I buy time. I go to to buy the whole field because I need to do that. So I bury it again. So he he has planned, he has schemes, and you know he knows what to do. So the, my question is: <laughs> If he already had it. Okay, I, I dig it up. It's mine. It's nobody's. So why should I hide it? Okay, because I will have to leave my treasure behind and I'm afraid that somebody will dig it up. You take your chances. There, there should be some, some meaning there. Unlike the second one. The second one, the pearl, right? He finds it. Okay, and his, he was searched. Yeah. The second one was really a yeah, search. Yeah, yeah, it's a search. Yeah. It's a yeah. search. But of course, both of them goes and sell all that he had and then to buy it. And the first one, we need to clarify that. My understanding would be that uh, when he discovered, probably he has only scratched the surface of the thing. All right? So probably down below, it might be the tip of the iceberg. It might be something much, much greater. So it is easy for him to just cover it 
very again in the sense that okay, the service go to buy the field and then to enlarge his project of you know unearthing it. Uh, I, I, for me, that probably is the only reason. So, what, what does that mean? For me, I would say probably we have discovered something, but don't be too. Um, what shall I say? Um, a sort of uh, vain glory to show it off immediately. You need to be humble, right? Because what you have discovered. Probably is only the tip of the iceberg. You need to go deeper to unearth it, and therefore you need to say, "Sell all you have and you know, to put in all your efforts in order to unearth it." And probably even you are not able to unearth the whole thing, only part of it, because you are know, talking about the kingdom of heaven. It's such a big, big thing. How can you spend your whole life? I mean, even we. we Spend our whole life, we won't be able to fully understand and, and get the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. Actually, this uh, I guess the center of the story is that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Is the kingdom of heaven is like fine pearls, meaning to say it's so precious, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not easy even to understand. No. How great it is. No, no. So way. aside from the effort, no, that we're saying, the wisdom of we have to ask for that wisdom to understand, <laughs> understand what is this kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes we take for granted that we know already, as you're saying, you know, the vain glory that we have listened to this word so many times, so we already know. Actually, we don't. No. This this kingdom of heaven grows with age, with and yeah, experience. It is, it is mature. You know, what, yeah, when I was a, a, a Bible teacher for the past 40 years, I came up with three meanings of the um, kingdom. kingdom of heaven, mm -hmm. and I taught my students these three meanings. Who stop? I thought, oh, okay, I have discovered everything. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. It's still grows even at your age now. Yes, yes, yes. It's that, that's the reason why when I when I come to this part, I would say probably uh, he uh, he, he uh, finds it, which means he only scratches the surface and ah, treasure! Oh, I found it. Three of them. One, two, three. My student. No, more than that. More than that. But anyway, I I, I feel happy because like this man. I put in, you know, my life, my efforts to understand it better and deeper. <laughs> Even if I find the field, probably it's bigger than the field down below. And and the second part of the of the gospel is a little bit similar to last week. Yes, you remember the, the weeds and the wheat, no? There's a, there's a certain similarity, I think, because of the judgment part. Meaning to say, uh, it says here, when it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into the buckets. And what is bad, they throw away. So it will be at the end of the age. Meaning to say, there's an apocalyptic ring again. No? It's still yep. at the end of the age. Right now, we just try to uh, discern the good and the bad. But the judgment, that will come later. We don't, we cannot judge now. We do not. 
we do not judge now. We 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 can't judge, but no, we we we, we suspend suspend <laughs> our our judgment. We cannot really judge. Yes. Right now, this at the end of the age, it says the angels will go out and separate. This is also very interesting for me. It says the angels will be the one who will separate, not we. Oh, of course, of course, we we Meaning don't judge. God will be the one. To yeah, yeah, no, God, that. not even God. Okay, the angels will do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, the, the point is, the point is, um, last during the uh, the parable of the weed and the weeds. They have the question of removing the weeds, right? So it is a question related to God. There are sufferings here. Why should good people suffer? Why should you know the good and the bad together? You know they bring suffering to, to the to the good one, right? You try to to lead against those evil things. It's painful, right? Remove that, please. Because I know. It's good for you. Together. Yeah, when I remove them, you'll be uprooted as well. Uh, because uh, I just remember uh, by the time that uh, people is selecting the apostles, people doesn't uh, go for the rich and the knowledgeable. It is all that has not even though who doesn't have learned about the gospel of the Lord. And then there's a saying there that the reason why is that a person who does who who knowless can automatically be full of grace by God, unlike the people or the person who are really full already of knowledge, that the good word and the good deeds of the Lord cannot sink in. This this really in the time of Jesus like that. Yeah. That's so they go to, to teach the Pharisees, right? Yes. Because they know already. Yes. That's why for this, uh I always come back to what's the what I've learned from my catechism, you know, that if you do good things, if you obey, that is great. Because God doesn't really need you to be more than him. You always have to be a part of his will, not of your will. That is what I you are a follower. Yes. <laughs> you are the you are not the master. You are the disciple. Yes, I always had mm -hmm. to put myself really down below and be yes. And and actually if you you round this off, the, the third part of the gospel, the last paragraph says uh, do you understand all these things? So we go back to understanding, right? <laughs> yes, yes. The question is, do you understand all these things? And it's not just this uh, immediately preceding verses. It's actually from chapter, from verse one of chapter thirteen, where we started with the parables. Yeah, right? but when they answer yes, do you think they really understand? The disciples, they think they understand. They think they understood. Yeah. <laughs> like us now. No? Yeah, <laughs> we think we... There's also a reason why people say that they would always say yes. Although there are a lot of things, especially on the knowledge of God, but especially when really people are so... Uh, let's say they didn't come from the, the, the lower part of life, you know, 
they uh, they've been born with a silver spoon, as they said. Normally, what they really think, even though they are Catholic or they are really good in Bible readings, as yeah. as for me, uh, you can really see the differences. I'm sorry it's because of the experience. Yes. The experience always gives the difference. But going back to this gospel, you no, know, when it says here, I guess we are invited to yeah. be like the scribe, no, who has been instructed. Then we become like the head of the household yeah. who brings from his tomb both new and old, meaning to say, there will always be in our in our life no? new learning, uh, old learnings, but they still have to be completed. It's not just uh, you have learned that old thing and then that's enough. No, uh, since we're still alive, we still <laughs> listen to the word of God. And because we are, we are alive, so our experiences continue to deepen. Yes. Uh, yes. Exactly what you're saying, that perhaps if uh, Solomon was asked by God at that certain age, then he would have answered differently. Yeah. No? Because that's how it is. No? Uh, our experiences affect us. And our, if, we are, if we are really wise, then we also allow ourselves to let the experiences affect us, to learn from our experiences. And, and that, that makes the word of God very rich. They're saying, why is it, sister, we listen to this word of God every year, every <laughs> two years, etc. What changes? Anyway, it's the same. I mean, the Bible is the same. Yeah, it's yes. not edited anymore. I said, what is different? You are different. Yes. You, the listener, are different from the first time when you heard it when you were a child. You are supposed to be richer now. So the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, is also being revealed to you. That's why it's a scribe who who has been instructed, not just instructed by the word, the letter of the Bible, but instructed by life. You know, life interacts with this word of God. And so I guess this is also helping us to make a kind of a summary in the second reading. No, The second reading is the end of chapter 8 of Romans. So I guess uh, Patrick will have a little introduction there. There are two very important words uh, as we enter into the second reading, uh, you see. There is the word for new and predestined. Uh, the foreknew or knowing before or foreknowledge, according to Jewish understanding, is that God knew even before. What did he knew before we even realized it? Was that we he loved us before we actually knew him. That's how important we are to him. We are his treasures. The second word is predestined. What does that mean? It means from the beginning of time, us believers are set apart for a special purpose. Salvation. He promised this gift to us. So now let's listen with this in mind to the second reading. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Brothers and sisters, we know that all things work for good 
for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he calls for new, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. So, very beautiful. Um, before knowledge, God loving us, even before we knew it, and we are predestined as believers to be give, to receive the greatest gift of all, eternal salvation. So Paul is saying to us, how do we respond to these two wonderful gifts, the gift of God's love and predestined for eternal salvation? Paul is telling us to be like God. We should respond to him to be like God, to conform to the image of God. I think we also heard this last week when we were asked to uh, ask for the Holy Spirit to help us in our prayers because we don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit will actually guide us to pray for the things that God wants us to pray for. The reason why is because he wants us to be closer to him. This week, he's saying, John is telling us, so Paul is telling us to be in the image of God so that, again, we are close to him, to be like him, so that we will receive the best gift of all, eternal salvation. You know how important this eight, uh, chapter 828, there's, there's even a Netflix series out of this. Do you know that? No, I don't know. It's this is the series manifest. Manifest meaning to say they got this uh, line: uh, all things work for good for those who love God. That's eight twenty-eight Romans eight twenty-eight manifestation of God's uh, Patrick already mentioned God's love and His purpose for us, mm-hmm. and and He really. Uh, is all out to bring to fulfillment that purpose. Okay? That purpose to make us like or conform to the image of his son. And uh, how does there is the the description of all the procedure here so that uh, those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified and those he justified, he also glorified. <laughs> that, that's so beautiful, no? In fact, if you uh, put the example of Mary, for instance, Mary is the divine purpose that she would be the mother Middle. of God's son. Okay, so she was called, then she was justified, meaning also uh, she gained the salvation of of her son, being won by her son, and those he justified, he also glorified. My soul magnifies the Lord, or he has glorified me among the nations. I have uh, trouble and difficulties in in trying to understand and uh, to harmonize the uh, predestination um, mm-hmm. thesis. Um, because 
I mean, for me, um, God uh, respects our freedom. I mean, this is this is how I understand the whole thing. So, I mean, this particular part I have been struggling, and uh, up to now, I I don't think I have been able to to come up with a. That's so painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I know. Painful struggle. Right. I mean, that that's the that's the uh, the, uh, the deeper part of the iceberg mm-hmm. that I need to dig down further. For me, it's a matter of the choice of word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I will. I mean, when, when times come uh, to look up the original Greek yeah. and you know and all these things and find out exactly what is in his mind. And here, Paul demonstrates his usual logic. You know, when one and then two and then three. I mean, he has a, a, a very strong logical flow going on because he has been a Pharisee trainer for a long time. So uh, I, I, I could, you know, follow that, except that, you know, uh, in a sense that probably that's not the only path. For me, uh, there, there might be, you know, other path uh, call and then may not be justified. Uh, of course, I mean, the ideal is to justify. Uh, to stand blameless before God, but it is impossible. <laughs> but out of His mercy, God will help me. God will cover me. God will wash away my my iniquities, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so that in the end I'm justified. So I will, I will, you know. So I, I will, I will come up with uh, a different path. Um, and well, <laughs> so so I've. So, I mean, yeah, I have to admit that this is a difficult path for me. Okay. Because of the word predestination. Yeah. I, I know, because some of our Protestant brothers and sisters with that could be like that. No? Uh, if you are not predestined, then you will not be saved. <laughs> I mean, you take it in the negative path. Yes, yes. But this is a positive path. Yes, meaning, positive. To say, meaning to say the present predestination here is really... Following the purpose of God, He yep. wants to save everyone. The yep, same yep. Paul is like that. God, no, no, not God's yeah, patience yeah. is for our salvation. Yeah. God's patience is for our salvation. But, but we believe you know, that God, as uh, Nikon was saying, He has different ways of correcting things that happen in life. Even, even uh, if you bring back the gospel, no? When you said, how did this man find this treasure which was buried in the field? <laughs> Meaning to say, he chanced upon it. Maybe that was predestination. <laughs> he was given yep. that grace to discover that it yep. happens no, in life. They said, there is nothing that happens in life by chance. Yeah. Meaning to say, that is a whatever happens there, there must also be God there. Whether it be a suffering or whatever, no, it's not that he made you suffer, but he is there to help you get through the suffering. We we know that in the mm-hmm. life of his son, no? in the life of Jesus. Anyway, any more reflections? Questions? <laughs> <laughs> have questions is about the gospel, because uh, as what we know, God is a merciful, loving, forgiving mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. But in this part, that the angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them in the period where there will be a wailing and grinding yes. of teeth. 
his uh, the patient's gun is also ended in the, <laughs> no, no, no. at the end of God, time. God must be, God <laughs> must be righteous. <laughs> yeah, God, God has to be righteous to be fair to everyone. This All right. Yeah. So I mean, okay, you have a lifelong, say, eighty years of time, and then you have been given a lot of opportunities. Still, you insist yes. on doing this until the very last, last moment of your life. <laughs> you do not want to return. Okay, I respect you. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a choice. Right. <laughs> it sounds very radical, and but but that's true. I I understand what you're asking, Marita. Like many people are saying, what do you think happened to Judas? Did yeah. he really go to hell? <laughs> no, no, no. Please no. don't ask me that because I really do not know how to answer. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. We we do not have the wording that Judas definitely is in hell. No yes. way. So, God. so, so the same God. thing there. No, we cannot really say it's the, the mercy of God. That's why even uh, we have the the doctrine of the purgatory, I think. That even at the end of your life, we cannot say you still chose that. But it is still possible because you do not really know what happens when you die, how the Lord is reaching out to you, no, even at no. the last moment. But of course, all the evil things you have done in your life, that will also be witnesses against you. Yep. That's why there's the last judgment. But we, we leave it at the end times, my friend. We cannot, we cannot really decide. Because every day some people say, it, it seems I can't believe that God is really like mm. this. No, you see, no, no, not, not just these people. You know, many people enjoy playing God. And therefore, in the, in the second century or whatever, there was a man, he said, wait, wait a minute. Jesus taught us that the Father is merciful. Mm. All right, look at the read the Old Testament. Wow, look at that God here. Terrible God, killing this, killing that. Yes, no, no, so, no. So that God of the Jews is not the Father, which Jesus tells us. Okay, those folks, useless. Throw them away. No, no, I'm not joking. It's <laughs> no. called Martian. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Right. So they, there are people who do, who, who likes to play God themselves and make judgment. Yeah, which we can. Do you understand God, Martian? I don't think you know God enough. Right? No, not just him. And then, of course, we have Martin Luther. He made the same mistake again. Okay. Yes. We talk about what? Purgatory, look up the Bible, there's no purgatory. Wait a minute. Okay. Um, actually, the whole problem is that of the indulgence. So he's trying to find a way to, uh, what's the to refute and prove that it's wrong. So in, in a very funny way, he said, okay, now the Latin Bible we have here in the Old Testament, some of the books only have a Greek translation. Those books do not have the Hebrew original. So, kick them out. They're not valid. So that was the choice. But anyway, I guess uh, to, to get us guideline, we are given the commandments. Huh? The commandments that will guide us in each one. I mean, the challenge of each one is how to be faithful 
to this covenant with God following this command. Sure. And, and that's why also our responsorial song for this Sunday brings back to us no, this uh, centrality. Guidelines. Yeah, the centrality of God's commands, which is not so much the law in itself, but it's the relationship. Mm. I guess, I guess even, even the wording, no, the responsorial song, the wording is Lord, I love your commands. Mm. Yes. But it's not just the commands. It's really, Lord, I love you. Love. Okay? The, the, the key word, word is love. The love. love. Yes. It's not the command, okay? Yes. I love your face. Yes. I love your finger. <laughs> so our search, our real, our real search is God as our treasure. Yes. And this is also, I guess, the, the heart of the uh, final prayer. No. That we are praying. We usually end our Bible study with a prayer of the psalm. What about yeah. my coming today? Have anything you would like to share? Yes. Uh, think, any questions from those joining us online today? And things uh, that you would like to share? Comment on. Okay. So if not, uh, we will conclude by loving our Lord. And by responding to him and saying, Lord, I love, I love you. I have, I have said, said that, Lord, that my heart is to keep your words. The law of your mouth is to be more precious than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Let your kindness comfort me according to your promise to your servants. Let your compassion come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. For I love your commands more than gold, however fine. For in all your precepts I go forward, every post way I hate. Wonderful are your degrees, therefore I stare them. The revelation of your words sheds light, giving understanding to the simple. Lord, Lord, I love your commands. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. In your mighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.